Well, hey, good morning. Welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is awesome to be able to be here with you and for you. I'm just going to get this out of the way. Let's go Chiefs! All right. Uh, now to the important stuff, which is Jesus. Way more important than the Chiefs. I know that it might not sound that way or look that way because of what I'm wearing, but truly, we get the opportunity each and every week to gather together to celebrate all that God has done in our lives, that God calls us into relationship, that God loves us, and that God sends us into his world to make a difference on his behalf. So if you're new here, we just wanted to say you are welcome here. Whether you're joining us online or in person for the very first time, you are welcome. Uh, You're going to find out really quickly that we're not perfect. We wish we were. We want to be. So we follow Jesus to allow him to be more perfect in us so that we can represent him better. And so we want to invite you on that journey to grow in relationship with one another, to grow in relationship with God so that we can be the people that God wants us to be, so that we can go into the world and love his people, which is all people, the way that he has called us to. That's why we've been on this worship series called Love. Um, It is the season of love, love, um, because it's Valentine's Day is next Wednesday, which is when we're having Ash Wednesday. But we wanted to expand that and kind of reclaim it because uh, God, as the author of love, uh, this is kind of our territory. And so we wanted to talk about it a little bit. And part of what we started with last week is that we need to love God. That's number one in the rules and regulations of relationship with, with God is to love him first and foremost. And we said that we love God, how? With all of our heart, with all of our soul and with all of our strength. If you missed that, uh, I want to encourage you to go back and watch that. You're not going to need it for today, uh, but it's just good to to focus on what God offers to us. Uh, And this week, we're going to take a look at the second uh, commandment that Jesus says are the top two, and that is love your neighbor. Uh, and, And this one, I don't know about you, but this one, this one can be hard because we've all got that neighbor, right? That neighbor that you're like, man, I wish they would move. That neighbor that you're like, man, I wish they would never, ever come back outside. That neighbor that you're like, man, I wish they would just mow their grass. That would be great, right? Um, for, uh, for me, I remember when my, my daughter was young, she was in the Girl Scouts, um, and, which was great because I, I, I have a Girl Scout cookie addiction, um, and so my, my, my supplier lived in the house with me. So it was great. Um, and, and I took that up. Like we, we, we embarked on a mission to be the greatest Girl Scout cookie sellers in her entire group. And so I took it up to the office. Uh, and then, I mean, just tons of people. Because Girl Scout cookies, you just say, hey, Girl Scout cookies, and people flock to you. Um, and so we had a bunch of folks that we had, had registered at the office. And I was like, hey, you know what we could do, Savannah? We could go through the neighborhood. Let's go door to door. And Savannah was like, okay, until she got to that first door. And I was like, okay, go ring the doorbell. She's like, what do I do? I was like, all you got to do is say Girl Scout cookies, right? And so we went up to the door and she starts knocking. We go in the neighborhood. We're walking all around. And then we, we go to that one house where we know the grumpy guy lives, but we're like, oh, it's going to be fine. It's Girl Scout cookies. Who isn't going to love Girl Scout cookies? Well, we go up and she's in front of me, you know, like the dutiful parent. I'm standing like five paces back because this is the one you should talk to. And she rings the doorbell and the guy opens the door, looks at her, looks at me and says, if you don't get off my property, I'm going to call the police. 
I was like, well, Merry Christmas to you too. It wasn't Christmas time, but uh, wow, how do you respond to that? So I grabbed my daughter. I was like, uh, you know, I'm sorry we disturbed you and turned around and we walked off. And my daughter's eyes are like this because she's like, we're going to jail. <laughs> you know, she, she, she knows what happens when you call the police. They come and they arrest the bad people. And she's like, how are we bad? I don't understand. And, and the difficulty is, the difficulty is like, she, he did that in front of, like, now I'm upset because he has, he has messed with my kid. And I'm like, you can be rude all you want to me, but don't be rude to my daughter. She's just trying to sell Girl Scout cookies. What did she ever do to you? And guess what? Guess what? I didn't like that neighbor very much. And what's even crazier than just this story is I am sure that every single one of us either right now or in the past sometime have had a neighbor almost exactly like this. That they're just mean people. They're mean-spirited. They're awful to their neighbors. Or maybe they're, they're just grumpy about having kids in their grass. I mean, that's one of my, my favorite jokes is to be like, get out of my yard. You know, just messing with kids. Like, I, I don't want kids to get out of my yard. But that's just one of those pictures of the bad neighbor. Or, or, or they seem just to enjoy discontent, like stirring up bad things. And, you know, this might be uh, more than you wanted to know, but truly, mean people suck. And mean neighbors are even worse because they don't go away. Like you run into somebody that's mean on the street and you're guaranteed that you're probably not going to see them again. Your neighbor is mean and they still live there. And there's no way to get, a, get away from it. Um, and the hard part, the hard part about following Jesus is that he says things like, love your neighbor as yourself. The hard part about following Jesus, he says, this is the second most important command. The first, love God with all your strength and all your soul and all your heart, not in that order. And the second one is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so what if when Jesus said to love your neighbor, he actually meant that neighbor? What if he really means for us to be serious about loving our neighbor, to love that neighbor, the neighbor that is frustrating and hateful and hurtful and just unpleasant, or just the neighbor you just don't get along with. It's not easy. Actually, it's hard because people are so frustrating. I have a a good friend in ministry, uh, and he used to say this all the time, and I was like, I just don't, you know, I don't get it. He said, you know, ministry would be great if nobody else was involved. Why? Because other people make it frustrating because it's just difficult. And so when we think about this, when we think about what Jesus said, it can be hard for us because Jesus says, hey, I want you to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I wanted to have a, a moment to say, you know, Jesus doesn't mean romantic love or emotional love. He's not saying, I want you to be all pitter-patter about your neighbor. What Jesus is saying is, I want you to work and strive for the best for your neighbor, just like we would for anyone we encounter, that, that we should be focused on their best. How do we love our neighbor? Because Jesus is familiar with having poor neighbors. If you recall, his neighbors crucified him. And I'm pretty sure our neighbors haven't gone that far yet. So let's get in front of it and share love the way that Jesus calls us to. 
That's, that's what Jesus, Jesus calls us to. And, and what's crazy about this is it's not just, not just love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus ups the stakes. I don't know if you're familiar with this. Jesus ups the stakes. He gives us a new command about love. Not, not the same old command, but something new. He says it this way in John's gospel. It says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. <laughs> Don't get lost in the same question that Jesus had to him about love your neighbor as yourself, right? The, the first question was, okay, well, who's my neighbor? The, the, the first question, if you're like me, the first question you ask is, what does one another really mean? Is it just us? Because it'd be great if it's just us, because this is an easy one another. Uh, or is it bigger than that? And Jesus says, everybody is your neighbor. When Jesus says love one another, he means love everybody. And it's by our love that we are going to be known. Now, I love the way that Jesus presents this because he uses the same formula, the same format that God does in the Old Testament. Why? Because he is God. So it's his formula and format. He does it this way. He gives a, com a covenant and then provides the response that the people are required to do, the command. Uh, if you look, Abraham, Abraham meets with God. God says, you know what? I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. What I'm commanding you to do is circumcise your, for, your, your male children, right? Uh, or Moses. Moses goes up on the mountain and receives the law. God says, I will be your people. You will be cared for and protected by me. I will be your king, and you will keep my commandments. You keep my commandments, I walk with you, everything is good. Jesus does the same thing because when Jesus gives this new command, it's in the Last Supper when Jesus is with his disciples for the last time that they have gathered together and Jesus gives a new covenant, right? What was the covenant? God loves you and through my life, death, and resurrection, you will have a new relationship with God. And what is the new commandment? Love one another. That's how we demonstrate that we are Jesus' people. Uh, what, what's new here, though? What, what, what's so different? When we, when we look at that, he says, a new command I give you. Well, it sounds, sounds pretty similar to the command in the Old Testament. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, what, what's different? And the problem is this. We like to read it this way. A new command I give you. Love one another. Okay, sounds good, Jesus. Sounds very familiar to the Old Testament, but what Jesus actually said is this. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Ooh, that ups the ante a little bit. Why? Because Jesus gives this command at the Last Supper and shows what he is about to do. He showed us what he meant. John says this in his Gospel, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus said that to his disciples, and then Jesus demonstrated it by laying down his life for us. And, and Jesus says, you know what? I, I love you this much that I will go to the end so that you might 
have life. Jesus' new command is that. Jesus loved you enough and me enough that he would die for us. <laughs> now, that's where I struggle. I'm going to be honest. When I hear this and I'm like, ooh, Jesus, a new command you have given me that I should love my neighbor that much? This, this is radical love. Love others, love one another, even if it costs you everything. This is not the same old, same old. This is why it's a new command. It takes the Old Testament command to love, love one another or love your neighbor as yourself, and it, it ups the ante to love them the way that Jesus has loved us, the way that God loves us. And friends, I don't know about you, but this is hard for me. Because people do things that frustrate me. Because people get in the way when I'm sitting in traffic. Because people cut me off on the road. Because people are not a great neighbor in response to how great a neighbor I am. <laughs> Maybe by that you hear that I'm not the greatest neighbor ever either. right? And so we, we need to do this. And here's, here's the, the icing on the cake. Jesus says, this is how we should be known. This is how we should be known. Do you think... If you polled the entirety of the world, that they would say, oh, you know, our first inclination about uh, Christ followers is that they're filled with love. Or do you think they would say something like, no, they're, they're pretty judgy, or they're, 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 they're hypocritical. They say one thing and do something different. I, I, I struggle with this, because this is how Jesus says we should be known. How do others see you in your home, in your community, in your golf league or golf group or whatever groups you have, how do others see you? Is it this way? And, and if it's not, then come on in. The water's warm. The water's great because we all need to get this right. Because if we're not doing it this way, if we're not loving our neighbor the way that Jesus is talking about, if we're not loving one another the way that Jesus is talking about it, we're doing it wrong. We're not keeping up our end of what Jesus offers to us. And what is our end? Love one another. A new command. It's not a new suggestion. It's not a new, I got a good idea for you. It's not none of that. It's a new command that Jesus has given us, that we should love one another as Jesus loved us. Love should be our default. And what's crazy is the New Testament is filled with this, and yet we want to be known by how, how great we can win an argument, or how wonderfully our tracks are printed that we can hand to one another. And Jesus didn't say hand tracks to one another. He said love one another. Jesus didn't say judge one another. He said love one another. And, and how do we embrace that? How do we live into that? John tells us this, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. John's not saying everybody who has ever experienced romantic love has been filled with the Holy Spirit. John is saying everyone who loves like Jesus, who offers to live like Jesus, who says, I want that in my life. That's the love that God gives to you, and that's the love that comes from God that can be reflected into the world. Paul, in his letter to the church in Rome, says this, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt of love, uh, uh, debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. 
I thought we said Jesus has fulfilled the law, and, and yes, he has, but our response to his fulfillment of the law should be love. Our debt to one another, what we owe to each other, not just the people in this room, not just the people that we call Cassidy, not just the people in the church in general, but to everyone is a debt of love, that Jesus calls us to that. Jesus, Paul says this, do everything in love. Seriously, everything. Not, not just some things, not just the things that are convenient, not just what makes you feel like you're happy with that, because that's, that's the trouble we get into. Jesus says, I want you to love from the depths of your soul, that, that you love God first and that God gives you the ability to love those that are far from him. God gives you the ability to love those that even are filled with venom and hate towards you. Paul continues in the, the letter he writes to the church in Ephesus, be completely humble and gentle. <laughs> be patient, bearing with one another in love. Love is who we are. Love is how we are to be known. Love is what people should notice first about us. And my friends, we have some work to do. We have some work to do to open our heart, to say, God, I, I need you to help me with this. Because this means loving even that neighbor the way that Jesus loves you. This means loving even the people that are hard to love, putting in the effort going the extra mile, doing the hard work, regardless of their response. And so if you're like me, this is one of those times that you're like, oh man, Jesus, I wish that we weren't best friends sometimes <laughs> because you want me to get outside of every inch of my comfort zone and do things that are uncomfortable, to love people that are far from, from you, and to love people that hate me. I don't understand how we could do this so easily. And so for all of us, I, I wanted us to have this, these thoughts. So first, what do we do? Practice empathy. What does that mean? Put yourself in their shoes. Think about why they could be acting that way, not so that you can justify their action, but so that you can then be like, okay, now I have a better idea on how I can love them. Show, show them that empathy that, that you're going to try to take a walk in their shoes. I mean, we say that for, for, we've said that for years and years, you know, walk a mile in my shoes and you'll feel differently. And absolutely, what could it be that is causing them for that. Because one, that changes your mindset about them because now you're not like, well, that guy's a jerk or that girl's a jerk. Now you're like, well, I wonder why that guy and girl is a jerk. So it's already a step in the right direction, right? And then second, show kindness and generosity, right? Show kindness and generosity. Look for opportunities to help even if they're not received well. Not, not that you're gonna kill them with kindness because that's like my default. Oh, I'm gonna love you into the ground right? That's not very helpful. But how can I do something that's going to make a difference? How can I show kindness and generosity in the community that I'm in or to the person that I'm talking about? And then next is forgive and let go. This is Jesus 101, right? Jesus says, I, I want you to be mine. I'm going to forgive you your trespasses as you forgive those who trespass 
against you. That's the Lord's prayer. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Forgive one another as you, have, as you forgive others. Ooh, that, that, like, how, how, do we, how do we live into that? Now, holding on to, to anger and resentment creates barriers and prevents you from being able to encounter love and grace. And finally, promote justice and equality. That, that we're not to be known by our judgment or our anger or our wrath, but instead by our love. And what does that look like? Staying, standing up for those that are marginalized because that's what Jesus did. Saying, I love you no matter what. I, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to do everything I can. This doesn't mean give blanket permission to do whatever people want. This means for, the be- for their best, for their benefit. Love them so that they can come into a better relationship with God, so that they might find out who God is. But don't sit idly by as people are being run into the ground, people are being torn up and torn over. This is not what God calls us to. These are steps that we can take. And, and the reality is that this is the hard work of embracing what God's love looks like in the world. Now, some of you might be sitting out there going, ooh, that, that seems a little, a little bit more than what I, what I thought we were going to agree to or what I thought we were going to do. Um, because, quite frankly, you can run into people that you try to show love to and they reject it. So what if they don't want you to love them? What if they don't let you love them? Here's a secret. You can love them anyway. <laughs> it's great. Actually, you can love them and then make an effort to really step out and show them how much you love them. You can do that by starting by praying that they will recognize that you're trying to love them and not hate them, that you're trying to defuse things and not not restore or reignite old tensions. Instead, instead, show them love. Pray for them. Pray for one another. (laughs) I know... For me, this took, uh, this took front and center stage one, one year, uh, the, one year, shortly after the, the driveway scene uh, at, at my grumpy neighbor's house. It snowed really bad, uh, and, and the snow plows weren't coming into the neighborhood, and, and I knew that that grumpy single guy who had been a chief of police, which means he should have been a little bit nicer, uh, but anyway, I knew that he didn't have anybody coming over to shovel his driveway. So you know what I did? I grabbed my kids, and we snuck out, and we snuck over to his house, and we shoveled his driveway in Jesus' love. And here's, you know what he did? He complained to his neighbor that somebody shoveled his driveway. <laughs> right? Sometimes you can't get past the grumpiness, but that didn't stop us from trying to love him. That didn't stop us from taking a step. And hopefully that step was something that softened his heart a little bit and that he could take a step toward a relationship with people. Actually, he talked to his neighbor, even though it was to complain about whoever had shoveled their driveway. So maybe that was a good thing. But the reality is this. Why do we do this? Why are we doing this? Because Jesus loved us and loves us and says, I want you to love them because they're precious to me, just like you're precious to me. And this gives us the whole opportunity to say, you know what? I'm going to make a difference in my life. I'm going to take a step in the direction of Jesus, away from hate and anger, and toward the love and hope that Jesus offers to us, so that we can make a difference in this world, 
so that we can share love even with those that are far from God, so that we can share love even with those that are far from us, even relationally, theologically, or just by being grumpy, that we can love people and make a difference in the world for the building of the kingdom of God. So let's do that. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Holy One, we give you thanks for the gift that you have given us in Jesus, for the life and light that you offer to us, and, and for the way that you reveal yourself to us. God, you have loved us with everything you have. And so help us to respond in kind by loving others the way that you have shared your love with us, by opening our heart to your love so that we can reflect it into a world that is hurting and broken, so that we can love others the way that you have shared with us, so that we can be the people that you have called us to be, so that we can make a difference in this world by being the people called Christian those who follow the way of Jesus. Let us be known by our love. We pray this in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And all of us agreed and said, amen.